Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation in partnership with the Compassionate Friends and the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation. Well, Heidi, we are so big on traditions and continuing bonds, and we're going to talk about a fantastic organization that is helping people deal with these traditions today. Why don't you introduce our guest and the organization, and let's get moving. Sure, I'd love to, Mom. And our topic today will be Family Lives On. Our guest is Christine Cavalieri. Christine is the executive director of Family Lives On, supporting children and teens whose mother or father has died. With a mother diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's disease, Christine has experienced the anticipatory grief of this debilitating disease. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on. I am so fascinated with this organization. A couple of years ago, you came and started to work with this organization, Family Lives On. Tell us a little bit about how it got started from the very beginning. Mary Murphy was terminally ill mom with one son, and she was watching Princess Diana's funeral and thinking about those boys having lost their mother and how they would stay connected to her. At this time, there wasn't really conversations about continuing bond, but intuitively she thought, well, they'll remember her because of their tradition and the structure of what they're born into. And that kind of was the, the genesis, the start of her idea about how will my son remember me after I'm gone. So in October 31st, 1997, she started a nonprofit called Mommy's Light Lifts On. And she did this with her very good friend, Laura Munts. They went to Barnes & Noble, bought a $35 book for how to start a nonprofit. They incorporated it. Unfortunately, Mary died three months later. Oh, my goodness. But Laura took it and just grew it, and it was Laura that I took it over from. Wow. Um, Laura was really the founding. She took her friend's idea and thoughts and desires and wishes and just made it happen. Now, Mary, the lady that was ill, her son and Brian, right, they talked about how they could have a tradition of making butter cookies together at Christmas time and continuing right. traditions through that. I, th- I thought that was really neat how things start from the smallest thing, don't you, Heidi, to becoming something much bigger. But I, I, I think the tradition is a pretty big thing. Heidi and I were talking about traditions today. I happen to be a golfer, and if I go back, I started golfing when I was seven. And now what's happened, Heidi? They have taught all their kids to golf and their grandchildren, and everybody has golfed from an early age. I mean, all 10 of their grandchildren golf, even the little 10-year-olds, and we all go out golfing together, and it's really, really fun. So I think if that tradition came from their great-grandparents, that tradition's being carried down. And I was thinking some food traditions, that kind of thing that we bring down. We used to have a salad at Christmas we called Grandma's Salad. I think the idea of this starting with traditions is a pretty amazing idea. You know, sometimes there's so many of the traditions have food involved. Um, well, mostly yeah. because it's sensory. And when we're talking about the traditions, we, we ask a lot of specific questions because we want to stimulate the five senses. Um, but when we talk to kids and we ask them, okay, well, when you used to go to the first uh, baseball game or when you made the butter cookies, um, and we try to get the specific of what happened and also the sensory impact. We do that not just um, to strengthen the continuing bond, but we also want to provide everything that they need. So that's the whole service that we do is we provide everything they need to continue the tradition 
every year until they turn 18. And that's for each child in the family. Okay, and how do you provide those? I've got to take a step back. So if the family um, enrolls with us and they enroll online, surviving parent or guardian enrolls with them. And they'll tell us how long ago the parent died, how many children are in the family, have they received any bereavement support. The next step that will happen is a program manager will call the family to explain our process to the parent. And when we're doing that, we'll know from the enrollment form whether or not the family has received any information or any bereavement support. And that's helpful in knowing that if, until our program manager actually speaks to the parent, that may be the first time the parent has learned about the differences between child and adult grief. We'll keep revisiting the grief, and milestones as they age could reignite the grief as if it was yesterday. So you do an actual educational piece for them over the phone? Is that starting? We may have to if they haven't received any information. So what we'll say is the reason we do this every year until they turn 18 is because we want to make sure everybody's talking about mom, and it can be easy to, okay, it's been four years since mom died, and Johnny's doing awesome at school and he's really thriving on the baseball team, it might be easy to think, well, he's not grieving anymore. The bereavement period is over. He has moved on. When in actual fact, what we're trying to say is, well, we'd like to help him move forward, but to maintain his relationship with his mom because his mom's going to forever be his mom. You're in Philadelphia, right? Do you have a facility or is this all online or how does it go? We use Skype. So what we do is after the parent learns about our program, we set up a Skype call for the kids. And we ask the parent to just kind of let them know, hey, this this organization is going to make it possible for you to continue continue traditions or to do activities that you used to do with your deceased parents. And we also have to be really careful defining what a tradition is. So a tradition is something you did more than once. We're not make-a-wish, so we don't make it possible for these, you know, one-off things because we're going to do it every single year. And we also want the kids to define it, not the parents, because each child will have their own. Give us three activities that you do and then tell us, okay, so I'm a family, I'm Skyping, you're talking to me, and my father, I used to go to baseball games with him all the time, and I live in the San Francisco area, and I could go to the Giants. What would you do for me? So I would first ask you, how'd you get there? Take the train or the car or did you drive? And I would ask you a lot of what did you take? What seat did you sit in? Was there a certain place behind home plate? And when you were there, just think back, what were the sounds that you heard? So was there a loudspeaker right behind you? Did you sit in the sun, and as the game went on, you know, you were in the shade? So we're doing this. We know where we, where we want to get you the tickets in the same area, but we also want to take you back. Okay, so you take me back, so you will actually get tickets for me then? So we buy the tickets. We're going to, if you took the bus, we're going to get you a bus token. Oh, if cool. If you stopped at John's Sandwich Shop, we're going to make sure you have exactly that. And then there's always one extra thing that we throw in. We call it an enhancement. Um, just something, maybe there's a new player this year that you might get a T-shirt or something, because we want the kids to keep choosing to, to celebrate it every single year. Oh, great. And they do. They tend to save us. Our attention rate is about 96%. Okay, now tell me, uh, so the next year you will help me do the same thing, and then you'll review it with me? I love that. First, I will ask you, do you want to do this? Because we yeah. always want to give choice and control. So first of all, do you want to do it, and do you want to do it in the same way, or do you want to make it any changes? Okay, so I'm at 12, and I want to do exactly the same thing on the same day every year until I'm 18. Will you help me do that every year, and how do you review it? So every single year we ask you, we always check in. We send you everything you need to do the whole thing. What we would like to see is maybe after three or four years, you're adapting it. 
in a little way. So maybe now you don't really want to get the gummy bears anymore. That's not cool. You want to get because you're you're older now. You're you're putting your own personal choice in it, but you're still re- retaining the connection. So you might change it a little. Or suppose you always went and saw them play against the Braves, but this year the Phillies are hot, and you want to go against the Phillies. Then that's okay. Okay. Now, how do I talk to you about this? How often do I have contact with Family Lives On? So once a year. You receive something from us, but at least three times a year, your parent is going to have communication with Family Lives On. And will they Skype? Will that be through Skype? Uh, no, it's usually over the phone. It's okay. usually over the phone. The Skype is only done in the interviews with the kids. And when our end, you're going to have a staff member who's leading the conversation, and then you have a volunteer who's taking all the notes because they're the ones that's going to go out. They're going to go out and sort out what ticket do you need, uh, what were the snacks, and they're going to put it all together in a box. And they're going to ship it to your house. Now, what's also going to happen is a week after the tradition, our program manager is going to have a conversation with your parent to say, hey, how'd it go? Because we want to make sure, did we get the right ticket? Was it in the right spot? Did the T-shirt fit? Uh, But we also want to make sure, did the tradition happen? Because we know the surviving parent is overwhelmed. And even though this isn't rocket science, and even if we purchase everything and deliver it to the house, because they are so overwhelmed, it may get away from them, and it may not happen. I love it. I love it, Heidi. It's amazing, isn't it? It's a great idea. Yeah, I like the idea that you're trying to recreate the exact memory that the child had with that parent. It's so wonderful. It's Every very, detail. It's got to be very validating for a child to be able to have an adult think that this is important. Oh, my gosh, that's exactly it, Gloria. They are, they're blown away on the Skype where you have two adults who are sitting there, and they're, first of all, totally comfortable talking about mom, but we're talking about mom's life, not her death, but we're listening to their stories, and they want to tell us these stories, because the Skype lasts about an hour. They want to tell us different stories, and then we kind of isolate that. Well, it feels like this might be your first choice, and this is your second. Is that correct? Did we get it right? Again, always trying to check in with them with choice and control. Right. And they love to tell the stories. And the other thing, too, is because the parent's in the background listening to this, after the Skype finishes, we have a follow-up call with the parent, because we're saying, listen, it feels like that this tradition was the first choice, this is how we would do it. So we're going to communicate to them what we're going to do, but what they tend to race us to the punch and tell us is, oh my gosh, that was amazing listening to them talk to you. I had no idea they remembered that, they thought that, or I didn't know he let them do that. It's just all this information, because we're always trying to promote intrafamily connection and communication. And when the kids, especially when there's multiple and they start talking, they just get going and the parent has, it's just eating up this information that's not coming out perhaps as organically as when she's going in and saying, hey, kids, let's talk about this. I'm listening to this show now, and I'm thinking, okay, I can see two things for me. I can see maybe I can sign up for this program with my child. And the other thing is, can I volunteer? I'm a little further down the road. Yes, right now, um, the best way that we can figure out our volunteer model is really it's awareness and outreach, just sharing the information about our program. So if you're not in the regions where we are currently either raising funds or on the ground doing awareness, we just love any support or direction that you can send to children who can use our services. Okay, how do I find you? We are on the web. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, just about every form of electronic media. We're happy to have it. And I find you at familyliveson.org? Yes, www.familyliveson.org. And I've got to say, Christine, you've got a fabulous website, and I love the YouTubes, and I love everything that you have on there for brief families. Thank you so much for letting me share. 
Uh, it's very interesting just to go on the site and see the YouTubes and things. I think it is very heartening. It also gives you some wonderful ideas. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Christine. Thanks for all you're doing for children that have lost parents. Well, Heidi, I really like this IPN idea we're getting into the Internet. Very interesting and validating kids and uh, experiences they've had. Very cool, huh? I love it because we've had guests on in the past, like Zunita from TAPS, who said basically that when her father died, everybody focused on her mother's loss and her mother's feelings, and they kind of she felt very minimized as a child. So I love that they, they're focusing on the child's grief and also letting the children know that, look, you still are going to have a relationship with your parent that died. It's just going to be a different relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. <laughs>